Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today, we talk brainstorms with UX designer Brian. Let's go. First question. You thought you'd see everyone's idea in the team brainstorm, but you've got a grand total of one. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board, right? Because in Miro, the team can add ideas now or later. And with Privacy Mode, we can keep them anonymous until they're good to share. Correct. Next, you need the best way to explain your idea, but all you have is a few sticky notes. Drawing board or Miro board? Drawing board, because, you know, in Miro, I could record videos, add text, images, links, and digital sticky notes, of course, present my thoughts the way I want. Right again! Now, you're looking for a past idea you thought was just genius. Only you could find... Oh, there it is! Drawing board or... Miro! Our finished and unfinished work lives in one place. And he's won. Join over 60 million people getting ideas noticed in Miro Brainstorms. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yep. All right, so we're shooting the breeze before the show. We do that from time to time. How are you, everybody? A Thursday edition of Bird 365 with your Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald. We're going to have another Mac on today. As a matter of fact, I typed this up when John told me the guys that he booked for today's show. John, uh, uh, Jack Mackey had done previously, but Joe Sandaliquito is also going to join us today. So it's a 4J show. Yeah. We got a Jody, we got a John, we got a Jack, we got a Joe. You're going to be so tired of listening to Jays for the next two hours. Somehow you'll get to it, Eagles fans. We do thank you for tuning in here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Johnny Mack. What do you got for us today? What do you want to talk about? You want to talk about sailing? <clears throat> Perhaps we should talk sailing. Sailing? Summer. Talk about fishing? Jimmy There's Johnson? a little wind out there today. Should we talk about sailing rather than the Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah, why not? Michael Jordan's down the shore catching, I don't know, 70-foot marlins. I don't know what he's doing. 70-pound. I don't know. I'm not a big game fisher. But he's down there. He's down there. He's down there with Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson, for some reason, brought his annual fishing tournament to Atlantic City. I love Atlantic City, but I would think he'd rather be in Key West. But what do I know? Uh, but yeah, there's some big there's some big wigs down in Atlantic City this week. I saw the uh, news footage uh, of Michael Jordan coming out of some spot in Margate, uh, yeah. or maybe it was... Uh, what a some... cigar. No, it was Margate. It was yeah. Margate? Yeah. yeah. Down there getting ready for some summer fun. Uh, that's why I just brought it up, just not because of Michael Jordan, because it's summer and because it's a nice day out. Uh, but uh, we are inside, and we are here to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles for the next two hours. You heard the two guests we're going to have on, uh, two guys who've been around here covering the birds for a very long period of time, so they'll certainly uh, lend us some insight. Speaking of insight... By the way, I'm going to do that real quick. Jody, John, Joe, and Jack. Can I do that? Jody, John, Joe, and Jack. That's the show today. Okay. At like varying points during the show, I'm going to say. And who's on today's show? <laughs> And you're going to have to give me those four J's since you're now practiced at it. Uh, so good job out of you, McMullen. Um, speaking of Philadelphia Eagle interest, apparently Adam Schefter has once again stoked the interest of all oh, Eagle fans yeah. 
because yesterday he verbally tied uh, the Eagles to Deshaun Watson. That, in Shefty's opinion, uh, the Eagles are more well-suited to be able to get Deshaun Watson than any other team in the National Football League. And number one, this is not new news. And number two, to do that, I would think that something would have to change. You'd either have to have a reason or an addition or a wrinkle to the story. As far as I can tell, it's the same thing that was two days ago and four days ago and two weeks ago and a month yeah. ago and two months ago. But because Adam Schefter said it, it seems like there's a bit of a buzz here in town. Ooh, Deshaun Watson could be the next quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I get I get bent out of shape with these types of things. We had I, I don't know how long we had Mike Garoppolo on this show, uh, another national guy. I always says nobody's more plugged into the Eagles from a national perspective than Mike Garoppolo. And I remember asking him, Jody, on our show, you know, if the legal uh, implications, allegations evaporate, how quickly does Howie Roseman pick up the phone to go, go get to Sean Watson? And, and Mike joked, how quickly does water evaporate? Immediately. Bang. That's his first call. That's who he's going after. It's the worst kept secret in the NFL. Now, Adam's great. Adam is the best reporter in the business. I'm not trying to downgrade Adam Schefter at all. But this is not new news, Jody. This is not new news. But he is right. The Eagles are also, and this is what makes it even more intriguing, they do have more capital to go after and – Asset-wise, I'm not talking finance. They they would have to, in the short term, if the miracle happened and Deshaun Watson became free to play, which he's not going to become free to play anytime soon, um, they would have to clear some cap space and all that. But from the part of acquiring him with a potential three first-round picks, all the money they're going to have next year under the cap, yeah, they're in the best spot. They're in the best spot. And Joe Banner chimed in as well and said, it's interesting because another team who in theory has wanted him has had significant interest in him is the Miami Dolphins. And they kind of handed the Eagles the advantage by trading the first round pick. So that part of it's a little bit interesting, but again, nothing new. Understood. And uh, because it is something that isn't going, well, no, let me make it a question rather than a statement. Um, we, we have no idea how the timeline this is, on this is going to work out. Uh, I don't know that anyone does other than Deshaun Watson because he can advance the timeline, he and his attorneys, if they want to come to a settlement with the people who are uh, filing a lawsuit against him right now. So they're the only ones that can speed up the process. And to this point, they've not shown any desire to do so. Uh, there have been conflicting reports, uh, depending on which side of the uh, lawsuit they're on, as to how far settlement conversations have gone or not even occurred. Minute one, some one side says, what do you mean? We don't, no, there's no settlement conversation. And it's, oh, we've mm. had extensive settlement conversations. Yeah. So you don't even know who to believe on this. Uh, but I, I think there's, uh, when you read between the lines, is it's not close. And if it's not close, then... Uh, you, me, Adam Schefter, Mike Garofalo can have all, all the conversations we want until this advances a little bit. He's not going anywhere. There's no way that Deshaun Watson is traded at this time. If Howie Roseman picked up the phone today and called the Texans, 
how outrageous an offer would he have to make for them to say yes? And how foolish would it be without knowing what kind of punishment Deshaun Watson faces? Well, Jody, we have a lot of smart people on this show from a front office perspective. And we've asked a couple of them as well, the Andrew Brands of the world, the Mike Tannenbaums, the Randy Mueller's, you know, ex-executives, ex-GMs. You know, there is a way to wrangle that. And that's if the NFL tells the Eagles behind the scenes, look, this is what's going to happen. Uh, he's going to be suspended. And I'm just making this up. This is not, you know, he's going to be suspended for six games. If you know that, Jody, that's that's what's coming down the pike, and they give you the heads up, and you're Howie Roseman, and maybe you can get a little bit of a discount because of right now and how bad things look from a public relations perspective, that might speed things up, And if anything. That might speed things up rather than slow things down. The Eagles will wait six games. Who cares? Um, so there's a lot of sort of – ways and shadows and context the question is would the nfl be willing to do that you talk about competitive advantage does the nfl even know we talk about the nfl all the time and being in the investigation business the joke of hey we're doing an investigation of deshaun watson we're not going to talk to deshaun watson though i mean it's absurd right so so you know from a standpoint i don't even think park avenue knows what it's going to do so ultimately I agree with you. Nothing is happening happening imminently. But if things speed up and they finally make a decision, they finally go in the right direction. Look, July 27th is creeping up on us. They're going to have to make some kind of decision that's probably going to be the commissioner's exemplist by that point. And then the, chain, the, the, the train starts moving forward. We talk about something as superficial as 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 Carson Wentz banner at Lincoln Financial Field yesterday on the show again. You know, even that, everybody's in the lull, Jody. Everybody's in vacation mode. But now it's starting to pick up. And now the training camp is in the horizon. Every issue from small to large has to be handled. And we're eventually going to get this moving in a direction where we're going to have at least some clarity. And then teams can know, okay, can we make a legitimate offer for this guy right now? Which is the answer to that is probably going to be no. The biggest reason why it is far from imminent, it's not even worth noting, like I said at the top, because there's no change in the situation. And there hasn't been for months. Uh, you, you, you throw out a potential scenario there that if the commissioner's office alerted the Philadelphia Eagles that, hey, we're going to hit him with a six-game suspension. When this happens, he's going to get six games. How do you think that would play with Jerry Jones? If it that the Eagles make a trade for him and then it comes out that, oh, and the Eagles are going to be without Deshaun Watson because he faces a six-game suspension, Jerry Jones will walk off the set of hard knocks and take a <laughs> flight immediately to uh, New York and go into 345 Park Avenue and go, how the hell did the Eagles know how much time he's got? You didn't call me. You didn't tell <clears throat> no. me. And, yes, well, I'm quite happy with my guys, uh, Dak. But you know, no one alerted me that it was going to be a 6 How are you helping out my rival in the division by well, giving that, them inside information ahead of time? And it's not – it wasn't my idea. I'm not that smart. It was – and I don't want to get – I think it was Andrew – um, but the point, it wouldn't only be the Eagles. 
that there's teams like Denver and Miami and Carolina and everybody else who's been interested. And, you know, a lot of those teams have gone in different directions. Carolina with Sam Darnold. We don't know. All I know is there's going to be a lot of interest with Deshaun Watson. It wouldn't be Roger Goodell going to Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie. Oh, hey, Eagles, we're going to give this guy and not tell everybody else. Everybody in the league would be well aware of what's going on and what's coming down the pike. It's not like they would be singling out the Eagles. Uh, so it would just be sort of a nod in advance of, of some kind of public knowledge when the league finally uh, comes down. To, and that kind of stuff happens all the time, Jody. I mean, that kind of stuff happens uh, <laughs> almost weekly. Okay. Uh, when that happens, if that happens, and I don't know that it's going to happen, but if it did happen, who would know first? Adam Schefter, Mike Garofalo, or Harry Roseman. If the commissioner's office decided, here's the, here's the punishment we're looking at, six days. Who gets the call first? Who gets the uh, how he gets the first? How, how he gets the call first. Uh, um, and then... Where might... Actually... When Adam I, Schefter speaks, it's like the voice of God. No. Don't be surprised if he's first. Yeah, Adam's getting his information. Here, here's how it would go in the Eagles situation. Um... Roger Goodell would have formed the owner or the general manager, depending how, you know, uh, hands-on Jeffrey wanted to be. Uh, and then they would immediately link to an Eagle-centric, little inside baseball. It's going to be Mike first. It's going to be Adam second. Uh, that's how it works. Ian, probably third. Fair enough. Um, and- Ian's probably got to get it from an agent. Uh, if you're any kind of a football fan and you're a Birds 365 uh, watcher, we believe that you are. Um, you're on uh, Pro Football Talk a couple of times a day, uh, if not too many times a day for a guy like me. Um, one of the features that they used to have, and they did away with it a while back. I haven't had Florio on one of my shows in a couple of years. When he became big time and tied in with NBC, he stopped taking my calls, and uh, oh, if, he, if he did, he'd text me back and say, sorry, Joe, can't do it. And then the next five times I'd reach out to him, he wouldn't even text me back. And then he'd show, oh, sorry, Joe, can't do it, can't tie it up. Blah, blah. So I haven't had uh, him on in years. Before he became a big shot, I used to get him on fairly regularly. Still love the site, still think uh, his information is top drawer, even though he doesn't come on my shows anymore, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> a, a feature he used to have. Well, was... I, I know where you're going, and I'm going to defend Mike Florio, and I'm going to kill Mike Florio in okay. the same segment. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not trying to do either. I'm just trying to note the fact that he used to have the police blotter. Yes. Uh, yes. How many days since last an NFL player had been arrested? But the most famous part of his site, by the way, was the police blog. It was tremendous. I would go to it on, uh, like I said, a daily basis to see if anybody, if he ever got up to like more than three weeks of no arrests, it was like uh, breaking news. He would move it up on the site to say, oh, my God, we've had three weeks and no NFL player has been arrested. Well, that would not be the case. Uh, We would be looking at single digit days, actually more like uh, double digit hours. Uh, with Richard Sherman, who was arrested in outside of Seattle. Um, and apparently he attempted to break into the house of his uh, wife's parents, his in-law's house, that yeah. uh, <clears throat> he, he had a single vehicle traffic accident 
at one o'clock in the morning and at two o'clock in the morning, a call came in uh, that Richard Herman was attempting to break into his wife's parents' house uh, that uh, after the police showed up and arrested Richard Sherman, but not without incident. Both Sherman and the officer who arrested him were injured during the arrest. Apparently, he was uh, completely drunk at the time, and that's why he crashed his car, and that's why he attempted to break into his house. Uh, Richard Sherman, of course, a free agent, not signed with any team yet. Uh, at one point was arguably the best cornerback in the league, certainly one of, if not the best cornerback in the league. He's not that anymore, but he would step in here and be the CB2 of the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, yeah. He's signed tomorrow, uh, so he hasn't lost all of his skills, but I think he's lost his standing and his position in the National Football League because, yeah, he's behind bars as we speak. Uh, they will have the court proceeding later today. He did not get bail, so he has spent the uh, last night in jail for the uh, incident, and uh, that does not do wonders for his free agent status. We talk much more about Stephen Nelson than we do Richard Sherman, but Sherman is also a viable candidate. He's also, um, I would say, the kind of guy that needs to be real coached up real good, and you need to keep a close eye on him because he'll do and or say some things that might not be productive for a, an organization. Uh, Richard Sherman, uh, out, of the, out of the league as of right now, will he be getting back into the league anytime soon? Uh, well, that's kind of to be determined for a lot of the same reasons we talk about Deshaun Watson. But there are so many things, and we, we're not going to have time in this segment I'd like to get to on this, Jody. So I'll kick Gloria to the back. We'll talk about him sometime down the road. But... Um, as far as Richard Sherman, this is a microcosm of what's wrong with society because because of the laws on the books, you know, everyone assumes right away that Richard hit his wife or his um, and he, he didn't strike anybody. He didn't do anything. It's just the law on the books. He's trying to break in. Obviously, he's having issues with his wife. He's depressed. He's battling some issues. She claimed he uh, was talking about committing suicide. Um you know, from my standpoint, I have a bigger issue. You know, where is this guy mentally? Um, you know, the interesting thing about Richard Sherman, you know, he, he's a vice president of the NFLPA. He's a Stanford graduate. I think there's a, he's a really smart guy. He's one of the best cover three corners that ever lived, and that's what the Eagles are going to play. So from that standpoint, he'd be a perfect fit from a football aspect. Uh, short term, obviously, at his age, but he's a West Coast guy. That's why I never bring him up with the Eagles. He's not coming here. Uh, he was never coming here, and that's before issues. Now he's got all these issues. So, you know, there's going to be a suspension at some point. I don't think he's going to do jail time or anything that significant. As you heard the story uh, continue to develop. Look, I'm not saying it's not serious anytime you drive drunk. But again, I, people hear domestic violence and they think he's beating up someone. He's beating up his. He's not. Uh, it, it, it was an ugly situation. But I'm more concerned about the person himself, to be honest. He's going to face some legal consequences, obviously. Uh, but it's not going to be serious from that standpoint. If he wants to play, um, I do think he'll get. <clears throat> and again, I. The problem with the NFL is there's no consistency. You know, he might get two games, he might get six games. But I don't think it's going to be a year-long suspension or anything like that. Now, the other part is timing. How quickly do you go through the process to get that done? So all of these issues come into play. 
either way, he wasn't coming to Philadelphia. And they were, they're all working against Richard Sherman. And uh, more details of what the quote-unquote incident will be, I'm sure, will come out uh, after today's court pleading. But he compromised his position greatly just to be in the National Football League this year. I would not be surprised if he isn't in the National Football League this year. If he is, you would need me to apologize. I apologize. But I think he's in a bit of trouble. And the point you make about um, there are some all-encompassing terms and uh, situations of this uh, that we think of immediately. The domestic violence, he must say, had his wife. No, that's not the case here. You want to talk about domestic violence, Dwayne Haskins took a severe punch to his own mouth from his wife, and she's the one who's arrested. And that would have made the Florio bladder. Uh, oh, we yeah. get back to that. And by later. the way, Randy Mueller was on, was it last week or the week before? And we asked him, uh, you know, what happens when that number comes up? When that unidentified number comes up, and it's a real thing in the NFL, and you saw it twice over the past 24 or so hours. And it's, it's not something you want to see happen on your phone. Well, you know what pa, who popped up on our little screen here? We're going to pop him up on the show so you can see him in just a couple minutes. One of the four J's involved in today's show. And it's not John McMullen. It's not Jody McDonald. It's not Jack McCaffrey. who will join us a little bit later. Oh, no. It would be Joe Santa Liquido. He's up next here on Birds 365. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods, your vacation your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of Life. First Trust Bank is there for you. 
Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Mac guys, here with John Birds 365. Jerry McDonald and John McMullen. We are joined by another Jay, one of our favorites. I think he trails only Ed Kratz in appearances here on <laughs> Birds 365 from PhillyVoice.com and uh, free agent writer, our good buddy Joe Santa Lupito. Joe, how you doing? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Doing well, Joe, and rehabbing as well. How is the shoulder doing? Good, good. <laughs> Listen, if my machine, my therapy machine makes too much noise, let me know. All right. Time out for Joe. Your therapy machine? What machine are you hooked up to that's going to make so much noise it's going to distract the Bird 365 viewers? It's uh, it's pretty cool. It's like it, it, it circulates cold water around the my uh, the the uh, uh, around the shoulder area, the healing area that I had the surgery on. And uh, it's very Take a shower. What do you need a machine for? It just it hits the area with 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 coolness and it, it just helps uh, helps the process. And believe Do- me, I, I need as much help as I can get. Dr. McDonald, he doesn't want you on a therapy machine, <laughs> Jody Mack. I'll tell you this, no. my days of throwing 90 are done. Oh, that's unfortunate. Now, is that your right arm or left? My left arm. Are you a lefty? Hand. Now you're ambidextrous? You were throwing 90 with your other arm? Is that what you're trying to tell us? No, Stop no. with the story, <laughs> Santa Laquito. <laughs> Jesus. I was lucky right. if I reached 70. <laughs> 70. 70 would be doing well at this yes. stage for me. <laughs> but, Same uh, here. All right. Let's get this back on the tracks, Joe Santa Laquito. Yes, sir. Uh I guess I want to start with Nick Sirianni because mm-hmm. there was uh, sort of a kerfuffle. And you saw it with our buddy Matt Matt Mullen at Philly Boys. I got a lot of it for Sports Illustrated. Mm-hmm. Just reporting the comments of Michael Robinson, who yeah. dared say, by the way, an ex-NFL player, who dared say, everybody, 90 people in the locker room of the Philadelphia Eagles, magically everybody's not on board with, with Nick Sirianni. This is controversial to people. Why is this controversial to people, Joe? I still think we live in a day and age where everybody, or at least many fans, want to. Well, this is a new situation. Uh, uh, everything right now are uh, roses and unicorns and, and and ice cream and cake. And you would figure, even in Philadelphia, which is as hard a town as any town, probably the hardest town uh, uh, of any town in terms of sports in this country. And you would figure that even Nick Sirianni. You know, even before he's even coached the game, he would get that break. And what we're finding out is not even Nick Sirianni's getting that break, where there may be a, an undercurrent of um, opening doubt, greeting, uh, um, 
you know, and, and that's something that you and I, John, spoke about because just being in touch with some of the guys, their first impression, I'll word it politically this way. It wasn't the best. Uh, I'll, I could use other words. I won't. But it wasn't the best first impression that some of the guys had. But they also, at least the guys I spoke to initially when this happened, and, and we'll go on, and I hate to use the first press conference as a barometer of things, but they were willing to go around, you know, let's see what this guy brings. Let's see how he reacts. Let's see where things go from here. And being in touch with some of them since, they, act, they like the guy. Everybody likes the guy. And, again, he brings that energy. He brings knowledge. Uh, again, it's just a matter of uh, the feedback that I'm getting, again, from the, the few that I speak to is just a matter of time. You know, let's see in time what his system can do. Let's see in time how much, how much the system fits the personnel. And we'll go from there. I mean, you guys know football as well as anyone. You know what succeeds in the NFL. What succeeds in sports? Uh, most of the time, it's a long-tenured coach who has a system in place, and the players fit the system. They are obviously physically talented players that work well in, in, in these respective systems. And that's what goes, and that's what works. You know, this is something new for everyone. Sirianni is as new to the players as the players are to him. So, um, yeah, I, I could see where some doubt can come into play. I could see where some guys are talking to some other guys right now. But I, 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 the impression I get, that's just an impression, I don't know for a fact, but the impression I get is 99.9% .9 of the people in that building are willing to give Nick Sirianni a chance and say, hey, let's see what happens. So let's talk about that one-tenth of one percent. And I don't think Michael Robinson made this up out of whole cloth. So someone, no. at least one person, maybe more than that. And the way that he said it, it made you believe like there was more than one uh, that said, I don't know about this new guy, uh, Sirianni. Uh, how important was it for Coach Sirianni to have a guy like Lane Johnson jump out and take his back that, hey, name names or shut up. We're going to label it as fake news if you're just going to say, oh, sources tell me, uh, gentlemen, the players have said, and not name their names. How big was it for Sirianni to get a key veteran of this team to take his back right out of the gate? I think it was very important for Lane to step up like that. But I'm 50-50 on that. I'm 50-50 on that because I'm the, I'm the litmus test. Because <laughs> I'm the guy, if you remember two years ago, there was a lot of venerated veterans that came out and had uh, some interesting things to say about a certain Carson Wentz story that came out in January of 2019. And uh, some of them, <clears throat> some of them may have been helpful <laughs> and what, and what I wrote and what I came out with. So I, I don't, uh, Lane's a genuine guy. Um, I, I, I like a lot of things about Lane. Lane is for the most part. And I think J John, obviously you're down there a lot. Lane does wear, his emotions on his sleeve. I mean, what you see is what you get from Lane. Uh, I, it was great that he spoke out for Sirianni. But I, it, like I said, it's 50-50. It's great that he spoke out. But the other 50% is, you know what? Um, if you're going to turn around and name names, then you got to be open and across the board with that. Because um, I'll just say this. I got the very strong impression in the past. Lane may have been a source or two to a few stories. So, uh, you know, uh, it's great you support your guy and it's great to come out in defense of your guy. But there's a certain point in time where uh, I didn't see Lane's complete comment, but there comes a certain point in time where God bless Lane and we all love him to death, but Lane should just should have shut up. 
<laughs> just like if you're not going to turn around and say this, then you're going to come out and name names and all the other business. No, no, no. Come out and support a Sirianni. Come out. And, you know, this is what I think of Coach Sirianni. This is my perspective on Coach Sirianni. And if I were lame, that's the route that I would have taken. Uh, the other route in terms of come out and name names and all the other business. I, <clears throat> you know, just just God bless you, Lane. But you should have stopped just there and just supporting the coach. Fair enough. Yeah, because Lane, I, I have no problem from the perspective that Lane is a leader of this team. So defend the head coach. I mean, I think that's great. But as far as name names, he knows how this works. You can't yeah. say you could say Nick Sirianni's great and put your name on it, and you could say, "Boy, I don't know about this guy. I don't know about how he handles it." And you're just hurting yourself. It could be as uh, you know superficial as that, but you'd be hurting yourself as a player on this team saying, I'm not so sure about the head coach. And oh, by the way, Joe, why should you be sure about the head coach? You should give him a chance, but this is an unproven guy. And and, and that's the other thing. Sorry to interrupt John for a second, but that's the other thing. That's a a stone cold fact. They probably all had doubts because these guys have been in positions as long as Nick Sirianni, you know, good, good core of this team. So, you know, they probably all had doubts. Because the situ- the other thing is that he's inheriting a situation that – let's also agree on something else, too. Um, Doug Peterson was a pretty beloved coach. He's a guy that directed these guys to the Super Bowl. There was, a guy, there was a hell of a lot of guys in there that had a hell of a lot of belief in Doug, you know, and would have went to bat for Doug, you know. Um, this is also the same group of guys that, okay, good for you, Lane. You, you, you stick your neck out a little bit. You speak out for – for Nick Sirianni. But the other side of it, Lane, Lane, where were you and where were a hell of a lot of other guys when, when Doug was going through what Doug was going through? That's fair. Uh, I'm sticking with Lane Johnson. I have a another offshoot uh, of a Lane Johnson question. Uh, I saw a video somewhere, it might have been on the internet, might have been on uh, NBC Sports Philly, of uh, Jalen Hurts working out, squatting like 620 pounds. Jalen Hurts has got some girth to him as a quarterback. He's no Lamar Jackson. He, he's got some some muscle. Uh, and he's working out at Lane Johnson's own gym. And I've heard about this gym from um, our buddy Brian Baldinger. One time I got him on, he said he was, sorry, I had to get over to Lane's to go work out. Yeah. Baldy's still trying to pump the iron these days, well after his retirement, but uh, we love Baldy. Um but yeah, Lane's got this great workout set up at his home and Jalen Hurts is over his house doing squat work with him. Did Carson Wentz get that invite? I know you were, uh, we're back to dragging you into Carson Wentz, but um, the comparison between the two quarterbacks, Lane did step out, not only take Carson Wentz's, uh, Nick Sirianni's back, but Jalen Hurts as well and talked about how he's exhibited leadership qualities in the very short time he's been running the Philadelphia Eagles as their starting quarterback for a handful of games last year. Was he one of the guys with the offensive line when he's here, Carson Wentz? Is Jalen Hurts already uh, further along in that process of being one of the leaders of the offensive line as the QB of the Philadelphia Eagles? I get the very strong impression this this team as a whole have taken Jalen Hurts in. Um, we saw that again at the calendar last year. We saw the way they played. We saw uh, how they reacted. I believe, um, correct me if I'm wrong, I think Jalen Hurts' first TD pass, was it to uh, Alshon Jeffrey? Uh, uh, I do not remember. 
It, it may have been, uh, but I do distinctly remember. I do distinctly remember when Alshon caught a touchdown pass from Jalen, and everybody pretty much exploded. So, um, yeah, everybody loves Jalen. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when I say ninety for ninety, Alabama to Oklahoma, immense work ethic. Uh, I'm in touch with people down in both Alabama and Oklahoma. Uh, they all love the young man to death. Uh, again, the only question that continues to surface about Jalen and will continue to surface about John unless John proves otherwise, is um, can he throw the ball? Does he have an NFL arm? And, and that's been the biggest knock on him. And these are people that love Jalen Hurts. They're huge Jalen Hurts supporters. Um, but that's been it. And um, even with some of the stuff that I've done with the follow-up pieces that I've done in reference to the, the Wentz situation, the Hurts situation, and, and I got to be – I mean – Carson Wentz still has all the physical characteristics and all the physical abilities that an NFL, a quality NFL quarterback should have. If you take some of those qualities and put it in the, in the character, dedication, and commitment of a Jalen Hurts, you're going to have a winner. You're going to have a complete quarterback. Um, Jalen physically doesn't have what, what Carson has. Carson uh, may not have, may not have, all of the uh, intangibles that we don't see that Jalen has. Um, but I also think, in my opinion, well, I don't think I know, and you guys know, again, Philly as well as anyone, uh, Jalen Hurts is at least this year going to get a free pass with a lot of things. Um, you, the rain, the booze are going to rain down on, on this team because this team's not going to be very good, in my opinion. I maintain that. I've said that on the air with you guys now. This is what my third or fourth time with you is. I'm not changing off of that. I'm not changing my stance off of that. They're not going to be very good. Um, it, it's a team that has certainly a, a number of holes in it. Uh, as we're talking today, who's the left tackle? We still don't know. Uh, do you believe in Andre Diller? Do you believe in Jordan Mailata? Do we know? No, we don't. Uh, so there's still a lot of major questions that need to be answered with this team. One question you won't have to ask is, you know, the character, dedication, and commitment of Jalen Hurts, who's one of its leaders. And Jalen, I think, too, Tom, you're talking about two major, major, major programs in Alabama and Oklahoma. Um, he's used to speaking up. And here's a big t- deal. Used to speaking up on large platforms. And it doesn't yeah. get any larger and any bigger a platform than the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. So this is an environment that at least he is used to dealing with. He's used to dealing with the masses, the media masses. He's used to dealing with pressure. He's come from pressure, major, major pressure situations. So he's used to those platforms. He knows how to deal with those. Plat- he knows how to deal with the masses, on, in, and out of the building. And I think in that area, he's going to do well. Now, again, the, the biggest question is physically what he's able to do through a prolonged period of time on the football field for the Eagles. He's going to get the season to work with. The Eagles have got to turn around. This is going to be an experimental year. And again, it's something that Eagles fans and the Eagles, the Eagles publicly may not want to come out and say, but it's something that Eagles fans again are going to have to deal with. Yeah, let me just hop in quickly to uh, make a historical note here. Um, Jalen Hurts' first pass, touchdown pass, as a starter, because he started the New Orleans game, was, as you correctly stated, Talshawn Jeffries. But his first touchdown pass ever was to Eagles' top wide receiver last year with Greg Ward. Greg Ward, a (laughs) 32-yard touchdown, no less. That's right. Greg missed her five yards per catch with a 32-yard touchdown grab. 
from Jalen Hurts. So I just wanted just wanted to get that on the record. Yeah, right. Joe, I, I talk about Nick Sirianni not going for 90, 90 for 90. It's common sense. Jalen Hurts might be 90 for 90. He's as close as it gets. I mean, people naturally gravitate toward the kid. You know, from Jody's perspective, I I don't know. Lane's got his bro born, so to speak, and, you know, people go work out there. You know, Lane's got a lot of money. Lane's been making a lot of money in this league for a long time. Jalen's not. Carson had his own setup in South Jersey. Uh, so maybe it's as simple as that. I'm not going to overthink that kind of stuff. But I do think the work ethic and the natural leadership skills, and as I said, just people gravitating toward Jalen Hurts, it's just he's more natural at that part of it. Yeah. So if you could meld – his personality with Carson Wentz's skill set, then you're really cooking with gas. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes me kind of wonder how many people Carson uh, kind of invited over to his place. Well, um, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if Carson turned anybody away, but I'll just say I kind of have my doubts as to whether or not Carson invited some guys over to, hey, come on and work out with me kind of thing. Well, Jordan, uh, Jordan got to go. Trey Burton got to go. You know who got yeah, to go. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 his, his, God bless him, that, that, his God squad. Yes. Good for that group. Um, listen, let me, let me throw something back at you guys now. Uh, the ongoing situation with Zach Ertz, uh, it looks as if now he's going to be on this team. I mean, what, what's, your, what's your opinions on this situation and what's going on with that? Yeah, I don't think he's going to be on the team, but I think it yeah, could go okay. deep into August This at this point. I think Howie is being too headstrong, Joe. I think he, he wants to get value for Zach Ertz. He's, mm-hmm. he's holding out. He's holding out for Sam Bradford. He's holding out for the injury. And mm-hmm. somebody gets desperate and somebody offers more than a day three pick is what he's gotten so far. Mm-hmm. And the odds are against that. The odds are always against that. It worked for the Eagles once. It worked brilliantly Teddy Bridgewater got hurt, I think, 11 days before the start of the regular season. Mm-hmm. But people just talk about that. They don't talk about, oh, and by, by the way, the Vikings didn't have a good backup, and they thought they were a contender. So they desperately mm-hmm. wanted a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you could duplicate that with Zach Ertz. The position, uh, number one, his salary, ultimately he's not going to be here. The coaching staff is pre- preparing like he's not going to be here. He's not part of the plans. So what is the point of Howie Roseman? I think he's being too headstrong. That's my opinion. I'm going to go here too when I got to ask this. And I cringe by asking it, but I got to ask it anyway. You think there's a matter of spite in here? I mean, this guy's a Super Bowl hero again. We all agree he's done wondrous things for this team. He's got to go down as an all-time great with the Eagles. But it also comes to a point in time where Zach has made his – his displeasure with the Eagles, very, very public. And the Eagles, we know, we all know, the Eagles do not like that. Do you think a matter of spite is involved with this? No, um, No? I I don't. But here's what I do think is involved in this. Howie Roseman, after a season in which the team went backwards pretty badly, 4-11-1 is 4-11-1, any way you slice it, I think he wants to be seen as a guy who's going to take advantage of another team that he's going to get something that it got out there either through the Eagles or enough media members uh, rendering their opinion that the Eagles should get something for Zach Ertz. 
he's the all-time leading tight end and all the accolades that he has and caught the game-winning touchdown pass in the Super Bowl. We all know what Zach's accomplishments have been, that the general manager needs to get something for him. You didn't get a contract extension done, good, bad, or indifferent. You didn't trade him before he had a down season. That Howie Roseman can't walk away after Eagles release Zach Ertz. That's going to smell bad on Howie's uh, resume and record. And I don't think he wants that. And that's why I think he's sticking as hardline as he is not to, oh, yeah, we'll show Zach Ertz because he badmouthed us in the media. No, I don't believe that's the case. I think it's more how he has to register and how he's mind a win in this one. And that's why he's still here. Well, I will say this. And before you jump in, Joe, I, I do want to add something. I think Jody is 80% right, maybe 90% right. I will throw in this from your perspective, the extra 10%. There was a big story last year about Howie and Zach arguing at practice. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah, I remember that. I remember um, that. Everybody assumed it was about the contract. It wasn't about the contract. It was about it, it was about rehab. It was about workouts. And Zach wanted to work with his people. And Howie was telling him he had to work with Ted Rath. They had just brought in him from the Rams, and they wanted him more focused on what the Eagles were telling him to do. That that developed some kind of disconnect. So there might be a little 10 15% spite in there. But I got to tell you, Joe, this is a guy who played through a lacerated kidney. Yeah. We're on the uh, same page, yeah. Yeah, and a broken rib in he's, the playoffs he's all-time great. for he's this organization. That's like Joe Sanilquito going through a Birds 365 spot right there. That's that kind of toughness. <laughs> so if there is any spike, there shouldn't be with Zach Gertz. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, Jody, Jody, you can't take the hat off. We can't be the ball boys. Come on. No, 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 no. no. I, this, this is a prized hat I broke out today because I had a white shirt on. This is a uh, white rat hat. Uh, Whitey Herzog, you might not be able to see it on the feed, but it's actually oh, autographed oh, okay. by one of the all-time great managers in the history of baseball, who's like one of my father's best friends. I actually yeah. think my father's better friends with Whitey Herzog than he is with me. So, uh, <laughs> yes, I've known, I've known Whitey a long time, and I just happen to have this hat uh, handy today, so I okay. decided to go with the white. All right, uh, Joe, let me ask you about this upcoming camp. We are now less than two weeks away. We've had, over the last three days, four days, uh, questions as to whether Nick Sirianni is very well respected and has hit the ground running with this team or is too rah-rah and what are we actually doing here? Um, the the, the off-season stuff was good in that they got to be together and be as a team, but really how much did they accomplish? There's so much that they're not allowed to do as per the collective bargaining agreement. We know this is not going to be a Dick Vermeer-like camp with two-a-days and pads and hitting and the like. How important is it for the Eagles that this camp gets off to a good start for this season if they're going to have an improved season off the one they had last year? It's incredibly important because every second of every minute of every hour is going to be about learning. It's going to be about acclimation. And, and again, it's something that I, I spoke to you guys about and I speak to other people about ad nauseum is the fact that everything takes time. And this is going to take time to, again, incorporate a system and to have your players know what to do in that system, how to react in that system. become to, It's going to become to such a point where you, you're on that field and you're not thinking. You know what to do. You know where to go. 
And that's going to take some time. And that time, uh, you know, it, it may take into October, you know, the middle of October, or maybe even the early portions of November before this team gets completely, purely immersed in the, what Sirianni and his staff are trying to do offensively, defensively, special teams everywhere. And it's, it's, it's something there that, again, it, it is a process like anything else. And that's why I think, again, Eagles fans, or I like to think Eagles fans, are going to give Sirianni and this team a break. Um, and I think they will. I, I very strongly feel that they will uh, because it's the way of, of football and how football is. It is far more of a technical <laughs> game than people uh, give it credit for especially at this high, high level, a, a lot of classroom work and a lot of work that now in this day and age gets taken away from it. And it's interesting, Jody, you bring up uh, the great coach, Coach Vermeil. I had the pleasure of speaking to a couple of weeks ago, and he always rails about the fact that, you know, these guys can't physically practice what they're being taught. And in terms of practicality, because of that, we get the sloppy play that we see all throughout the NFL, throughout every, every team and throughout every new coaching situation. And, the NFL does give new coaches, what is it, John, is it a week or a couple weeks? Uh, they give them a little bit more of a latitude than they do veteran coaches. Yeah, I typically, they a little time. They typically in the offseason, but that's mm -hmm. where I wanted to steer you, Joe. Nick Sirianni kind of, and it's not just his decision, it was Howie mm -hmm. Roseman as well, Jeffrey Lurie, uh, about scaling back the offseason and working with the players, no mandatory minicamp. So he didn't have the advantage, a typical rookie head coach. In fact, they scaled back on what work they did have. Do you mm -hmm. think this organization should have held a harder line because other teams had many camps? And, you know, probably certain veterans don't show up, but, Joe, veterans don't need that work. The young players do. And the non-entrenched players, they were going to show up no matter what because they have to. Voluntary work in the NFL is voluntary in name only. Yeah. You can, you can, it's voluntary for the Lane Johnsons, the Jason Kelsey's of the mm -hmm. world, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. It's not voluntary for the guys fighting for jobs. Yeah. So do you think they should have been a little bit more hard line because they need to get people in that learning sort of uh, uh, bubble a little bit more? And every advantage they could get, they need. They should have been far more hardline. And and again, this is a philosophy that's led to that's led to the situation. Partially, the reason why the people's in the situation that they're in. Um, what I know for a fact is when Deuce Daly was here, Deuce was told, "You're coaching too hard, too hard on these guys, coaching too hard." Uh, it's part of the reason why Deuce is not still part of the staff. It's part of the reason why I don't even think they interviewed Deuce as, as the as the head coach of this team. Um, this they did, is, but it wasn't serious. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. This is part of the everyone gets a trophy generation. Uh, I hate to say that cringing. I mean, these young men, these young people today, men and women, they're all incredibly gifted athletes. Uh, but I... I uh, and I'm going to switch off the baseball only for the second. Uh, just got done covering the major league draft. Young people, special, special talents. But talking to venerated old school baseball people, they say to me, Joe, they're looking strictly at numbers. They're looking at what a young man can do in terms of uh, exit velocity, things of that nature.
But these guys aren't out there practicing the game. And this translates into football because it's the same thing. They're looking strictly at the, um, at the numbers, at the analytics. They're looking at the physicality of these players. And they are not immersing these guys and fitting these guys into practical situations on a practice field as to how to use your physicality, your physical skills. And it's like anything else. If I'm not running on a regular consistent basis, you know, certain things get dull. And it's like anything else, any walk of life. And that's why for this team and this particular situation, it's going to take a while for the Eagles to get immersed with Sirianni's system. The other thing, too, is you look over this roster. It's not exactly, even though the Eagles have kind of, what's the term they used? I believe they didn't use the word rebuild. I think they used the word rebuild. Transition. 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 Okay, transition. This is an older roster. So not only you're dealing with a rookie staff, and an old, a, a pretty much an old core group of players, like old core here, where <laughs> in a lot of situations when new guys come in, what do they do? Get rid of the old veterans. So the a young core grows with a young coaching group. That's not the case with the Philadelphia Eagles. This is a very young core of coaches dealing with veter with 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 a, with a veteran core that's that for some degree are set in their ways. So you're not only you're not only teaching the new players, now you're asking and burdening your coaching staff with unteaching the old dogs, their old tricks, to teach them new tricks. Uh, that's so an excellent it, point. It, I it, love it, when it, people it, make me think. I didn't think of that, Jody. It, it takes some time. And this is and I'm I'm far from brilliant. Hey, baby, this is dull. <laughs> this is not sharp. Uh, this is from talking to coaches, college coaches. This is talking to NFL coaches talking to NFL assistant coaches. And that's where that came from. Uh, it certainly doesn't come from me. So that these are the impediments. These are the obstacles that Nick Sirianni and the Philadelphia Eagles will be faced with in this coming season, 2021. And again, I, I, I've said on your air, and I'll continue to maintain on your air, this is a, a, a four to six win team. Uh, and I, I put my money where my big mouth is. Uh, this is a four to six win team. And it's going to be, again, a learning process, uh, but it's also going to be a process of evaluation. Uh, they're going to look, certainly going to be looking at, at Jalen Hurts. Um, the interesting thing that could happen, and it's a completely crazy out of the blue blind spot, but it's been talked about. And I caught a little bit of this on the air. Out of the blue. Even though it's not going to be, it'll be a surprise, but it's like one of those things where you know it, you have an idea that there's talk that it's come, that it could come. That the Eagles somehow, some way, get Deshaun Watson. They are they are the most equipped team in the NFL to make that move. Uh, John, I see you're shaking your head. I'm not in that Deshaun Watson. No, no, no. It's the worst kept secret in the NFL. The Eagles are going after Deshaun Watson. It's just a matter of when he's available. Just a matter of when. Here's my thinking on that. My thinking is is rebuild. My thinking is use those draft picks to build a new foundation. My thinking is let's see what Jalen can do. If Jalen doesn't turn around and cut it. Now that's where I'm shaking my head. They're not doing you know, it. They're going after Deshaun Watson. You know, let's try to rebuild because again, this is still a core group that I believe it's windows closed. In my opinion, it's windows closed and the Eagles somehow, some way. And this is from two, two serious NFL people that told me this. Uh, last season, the Eagles still believe they have something here. They don't. They have, I believe, I've seen two two recent things that have come out. What is it? The 29th uh, uh, best 
uh, uh, depth chart, te- best roster yeah. in the NFL. And I yeah. think someone else was it rated them twenty five or twenty six. You know, they're they're awful. I, I believe uh, I figured <laughs> that. I think out of the last sixty four starts, and one of the cores of this team is <coughs> excuse me, Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson on that side. Yeah, I believe combined, they've played thirty five. They've started thirty five games out of the last. You know, out of the last two years and 64 starts, you know, combined 16 starts, 16 starts for, for Brandon and a combined 16 and 16 for, 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 for Lane Johnson. 35 times in the last 64, you know, 64 games with the, you know, with the two of them combined. And that's your core. That's your offensive strength. That's your offensive core. Only 35 times these guys have started in the last 64 games for this team. That's well, they're, huge, huge, and they're both going to be healthy for every single game this year, Joe. You're throwing <laughs> a, a wet blanket on the season before it ever starts. <laughs> All right, and let, let, put that aside for a second. You said one thing that really intrigued me. I had never before. Thank you for uh, relaying it to our audience. That Deuce Staley was called on the carpet for coaching too hard. That he was too harsh on the players. I had never heard that before. Thank you yeah. for giving us that little tidbit. Uh, following into 2021, and you guys are just getting to know the staff, certainly better than me, who's not down there every single day uh, like you, you and John are. Who's the guy on this very young staff, as you pointed out, Joe? A couple of guys have actually been around the block, but most of them are very wet behind the ears. Who's the one who's going to get the Deuce Staley treatment that he's told, listen, we know they're professional, know they're getting paid. But man, you're you're tongue lashing them. You can't do that. We've got to gently guide these players where we want them to go. Who's going to be the guy who's told you're coaching them a little bit too hard, like Deuce Staley was? I I honestly can't answer that, Judy, because I don't really know these guys that hard. I know, I know Staley is still down there. Yes, now, and the thing is, though, now, yes, he still coaches hard. But the, you know that old school, those offensive yeah. linemen, they, they love that. They yeah. embrace it. Did, did, did anyone ever dare tell Stoutland he was coaching no. too hard? No, 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 I don't think anybody will. But no. I, I, will, I, will say, I will say this. I will say this. Um, that running backs room loved Deuce. Yeah. They loved the way Deuce went after them. They loved – Deuce was to many of them an older brother, to many of them a father figure. They loved being coached hard. And that was, that was from an outside perspective of <clears> – that was outside the running backs room. That's where that came from. And and I hate to say this, and I say this cringing now, it's to a point where Lurie, Jeffrey Lurie, and Howie Roseman have kind of bought in a little bit. Well, kind of, it seems like they bought in a lot to let's do things gently. You know, yeah, I believe uh, you could be taught. But you know what, though? And I, I know you guys are as old school as I am. Or I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm as old school as you guys are. You guys are a little bit older than me. But uh, – <laughs> but, um, I believe in that old school way of getting after people. You know, I mean, I've had yeah. editors in my life. God bless them. I wouldn't be where I am, but I've had editors in my life turn around and go, Joe, this is blank. This is bleep. <laughs> Rewrite it. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think I'd be where I am with without them. And again, it's every, every walk of life where you, you're going to deal with that hardcore individual who's going to bring your basic fundamentals who's going to turn around and keep on hounding you and keep on battering home things that need to be applied. And um, it's more than just, it's more than just teaching. It's um, it's old school repetition. And uh, because of the collective bargaining agreement, the combination of collective bargaining agreement, because of the style of coaching today, 
that is not there. That is lacking today. And and regrettably, again, we're going to see that spill out uh, and show on the field this year with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, and if I had to pick somebody of the new coaches, Jody, because that's where I think you were going, it would be the same room. It would be Jamal Singleton, the running backs coach, who replaced you, Staley. He's an Air Force guy. He's got a military background, so he, and he's a little bit older, so he's got a little bit of that structure. He'd be the guy that I would pick that probably would be the hardest coach. Uh, but like Joe said, it's a little bit of speculation. We got to run. Thanks, though, Joe. You take care of that shoulder, number got one. Got you guys. Got you. Really it. appreciate it. More cold always. water. Get get More, that thing yes. cranking. It turned the light off a couple of times. You got to pay your electric bill because <laughs> uh, you turned up the cold water a little bit much. Uh, Joe, always a pleasure, buddy. Thanks for hopping got you on. Guys. Thanks, guys. Yes. Thanks, you, guys. You, you, you are almost as old school as me. But uh, you got to work aside, on it. You, uh, you become more old school if you work just harder. A, just a quick aside. Uh, to, uh, to Nick Fierro, uh, Les Bowen, and, and Paul uh, Donald. Yes. Three great, great, great guys. Three uh, Hall of Fame writers, but also, more importantly, three Hall of Fame people. Yes. And also w- throw Ed Banken in there. Ed Banken. And Ed Banken. I apologize, yeah. yes. And yeah. Ed Banken as well. Three real, uh, four real class acts. Yeah, understood. Nice. Joe, right. you're a uh, class act yourself for saying that. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming on the show. We'll hit you up again in a couple of weeks. Talk to you. Gotcha. Back. Thank you, guys. Joe Liquido, phillyvoice.com uh, has been covering the birds for quite some time. And, yes, proud of his old-school tendencies. As are we. Mac and Mac here with you on Birds 365. Another old-school guy coming up in, oh, about 20 minutes from now. Jack McCaffrey of the Delco Times going to hop aboard Birds 365. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. See hot garlic, tropical heat, pure bull dry rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fox. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. 
catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Tis a uh, Mac and Mac Birds 365 Thursday here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Johnny Mac and Jody Mac shooting a breeze with you about uh, the National Football League with a specific slant toward the Philadelphia Eagles. But I do want to go back to the National Football League. First, thanks to Joe Santaliquito for hopping on board. Uh, John, you've been covering athletes for a long time. Did you ever hear of anyone using a cold water pressure spray? I tried to understand it as best as Joe explained it, uh, that he's using to repair his injured shoulder that you've got a pack that puts cold. I've heard of putting an ice bag. Yeah, they have those machines. On- they have those machines that try to circulate the area, uh, the blood flow, get the blood flow going. Um, yeah, sometimes, yeah. I, okay. I, 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 I've never heard of that before. I'm sorry. Well, either that's because I'm a wuss and I don't do enough uh, contact sports or I don't fall downstairs like Joe Santaliquito. But I had no idea uh, about this machine that he's <laughs> describing. By the but, way, Joe brought up a good point that I did not think of. So I love when people do that, and I love to give him credit. And typically when you have a young coach, you want to have him grow with a young core. And this is the exact opposite. We talked about uh, with John Stolness earlier this week. The, the top under 25 players. No, the strength of this team is all the old guys. With a young coach, it's it's weird. I, I haven't thought about that much. It's it's very weird, Jody. Typically, you do you, you whatever you want to call it, transition, rebuild, whatever. And that's what the Eagles are doing. And maybe it's just a matter of timing. But it is a little bit strange to see the core of this team, the really good players are over 30s for the most part with a rookie head coach. It doesn't happen that often. 
Well, I'm okay with it because uh, if, if you want to, and again, we're back to how do we label it? Jeff Laurie chose on the day that he fired Doug Peterson to use the word transition. Um, there's different terms to acknowledge that it might not be a year you're competing for the ultimate prize. The one that uh, we're most familiar with here in Philadelphia would be of recent history. Tanking like the 76ers mm. did several years ago and beginning the process which they said, uh, elder play veteran players, <laughs> we don't need any of them. We're going to be the worst team in the NBA. Is that what you would prefer the Eagles do? Trade Lane Johnson. Get rid of uh, Fletcher Cox. Well, Anybody you listen over 28, 29 years of age. Be darn, send them packing because we need to be the begin this transition form. Uh, no, you got to keep the good well, players. Groats has got them at 0 and 9. Santa Laquito says they stink. They stink anyway, Jody. So you might as well stink with the younger players. How bad? Did, did you not watch club. those 76 or teams for those three years? Oh. How bad were those three years? Yeah. yeah. You want to live with that for the Philadelphia Eagles? You want to go in successive years? Now, remember, we're talking 17 games, 4-11-1, followed by 3-13-1, followed by 2-15. Is that what you want? Take it completely down to the studs and suck and have all these high draft picks. Ooh, that high draft capital. That's huge. You want to go through that for the next two years? There would be people who would want that. We already know that from history. We already Idiot. know that. They're idiots then. I don't disagree with you. But, you know, but, but first of all, you, you're exactly right. I mean, it's different sports. I, I don't I don't think you can compare the NBA and the NFL. Um, there's not as, as big a, a drop. You can go – I talk about it all the time. There are literally worse to first every year in the NFL because of the setup, the scheme – the parody. Uh, it's not like the NBA where people think, although the two teams playing for an NBA final right now have proven you can do things differently. You don't have to purposefully tank uh, for how many ever years people say, was it four years, was it five years, was it really blah, 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 whatever. Um, you don't have, you could do things a different way. You could draft somebody at 15, even the NBA, and develop him. You could draft somebody. When was Devin Booker drafted? 10, 11, somewhere in that range? Oh, five years uh, ago. But, yeah, he's uh, in the double digits, uh, just just inside the lottery. 11, 12, somewhere in that range. You could develop players. You can develop. It does not stop. I find in Philadelphia, whether it's NBA or NFL, you draft a guy and they think he's either good or bad. No, there's a lot of development that goes on with it. And Drew Holiday has proven that because I got killed, Jody. I got killed on the air for saying Drew Holiday could be a key contributor to a championship-level team when the Sixers traded him. He was probably the first uh, uh, move of the process. The first, Moving number one, on. that was it. Was yeah. Absolutely right. And I said at the time, he could be a key contributor. Yeah, I'm taking a victory lap. Look at it. Where's freaking Michael Carter-Williams, you losers? Where's he now? You, you know who Who's else could playing take, for an NBA championship? You know who could take even more of a victory lap than you? Ed Stefanski. Because I remember I had him on my show the day after the draft, and he was 
damn close to ecstatic with the fact that he got uh, Drew Holiday. And I'd like to pick. And there was another guy or two that I thought the Sixers could have taken. But I had no issue with the Holiday pick. But, like, Stefanski was over the moon on how happy he was. I couldn't believe he was sitting there on the board when he came up. This is a decade later. And you're right. He's helping lead a team to a potential NBA championship. And I got to give Ed Stefanski credit. My my point of bringing up Drew is the development. And, by the way, he was developing here. People forget he was an all-star. He made his first all-star team. That, that to me, I take pride in that. They're developing a player. He's, He's moving on. It might have taken another three years before he got really, really good, and he had some injury issues as well. The point is player development is real. You don't just say he's good, he's bad, that's it. No, you've seen it with the Eagles and and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Everybody says, well, the Eagles are just stupid. Guess what? Everybody in the NFL, the Eagles didn't overdraft J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Yeah, they did. Jody, you could argue they should have drafted somebody else. Everybody in this league had him going in that range. Nobody would say, oh, this is a six-round pick and the Eagles are drafted. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about you might have liked a different player. They didn't overdraft the kid. That's where he was supposed to go. He hasn't developed. Guess what? Maybe if he goes somewhere else, maybe they develop him better. I don't know. Maybe he does stink. I don't know, but player development is real. It is real, and the Eagles weren't good at it. The Sixers were awful at it and continue to be awful at it, Uh, and that's where Nick Sirianni is going to make his bones. Can he develop these young players? Because that's one of the things where you can criticize Doug Peterson for last couple years and his staff. They didn't develop young players. That's a fair criticism. I agree with you there, and uh, I I understand the point you're trying to make. Let me see if I can be one of those guys who makes a point that hasn't dawned on John McMullen yet that uh, he there thinks about and goes, ooh, I never thought of that. Let me give that guy credit. Um, As far as uh, the construction of the Eagles roster, as uh, we're looking at it right now, you're noting, Joe Taylor, (laughs) we don't know that. You know, their real players are all veterans, and all their coaches are wet behind the years kids. How does that actually mesh? And work out perhaps part of the thinking, if not the main driving force of the thinking, is will the starting quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles for that game in mid November is going to be Deshaun Watson? And oh, by the way, in the NFC least, we could very much be in the thick of things. So if we can get our hands on Deshaun Watson and we've let go of Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks and yeah. all these guys. What did we miss out on? Uh, I've heard someone say to me, I think it was John McMullen, that they're absolutely going after It's not maybe for Sean Watson. It's a given it's to Sean Watson, uh, but they just need the green light. They need to know what parameters they're dealing with before they begin their all-out assault to get to Sean Watson. Well, to do that, don't you need like to have some players around them to be able to give a chance to win? It's a fair point, Jody. It is a fair point. And... You know, one of the things Adam Schefter also said that people didn't focus on is that if the Eagles get to Sean Watson, they're an immediate contender for that reason. Immediate contender. They go from everybody saying they stink, like Groats and Santa Laquito, and every national pundit out there to being top five. 
that overnight. So you're right. I mean, if Howie, but from the perspective of, of how Howie is building this team, I think it's more timing. Like, I, you know, the bottom line is, and we talked about this with Julio Jones, and believe me, I wish I could tell you why I'm so sure. Uh, we talk about sources and unnamed sources, why I'm so sure the Eagles went after Julio Jones. I wish I could tell you why, but I can't do that. It would end the debate. However, when, when you go after a player, there's no guarantee you're going to get him. So what, what I'm guaranteeing is the Eagles are going to go after Deshaun Watson. So are a lot of other teams. In, in theory, if you look at it from somebody on the outside looking, looking in, they probably have the ability to offer the best package. Probably. But we don't know. Somebody could go over the top and give future first-round picks and starting-level players and who are younger than what the Eagles would be. Who knows is what I'm trying to say. Just because you want a player doesn't mean you can get a player, especially a player that's going to be in demand like a young quarterback. How many 25-year-old quarterbacks hit the open market with top five talent? you know, in the league. Never happens. No, nope. never happens. And only happens because of these rare, crazy circumstances. Um, there is going to be a lot of demand, no matter what it looks like now, there's going to be a lot of demand for Deshaun Watson. And, you know, the Eagles also have to think about the future without Deshaun Watson, because there's no guarantees what I'm, what I'm trying to say. And that's the insurance policy. And that's what they're always doing. And I give them credit for that. That's what they were trying to do with Jalen Hurts originally, and it didn't work out. Sometimes things don't work out. So from that perspective, you know, he's trying to serve two masters because he has to try to serve two masters. All right, but let me uh, let me disagree with you a little bit here. Um, I get where you're coming from philosophically. When a 25-year-old quarterback who's already achieved top five status in the National Football League, actually becomes available. It is such a rare occurrence. We go, damn, this never happens. And you're right. But as far as competition for Deshaun Watson goes, let's take a quick peek at the other 30 teams, other than the Texans and the Eagles. Any chance the Redskins make a play for them? Yeah. I mean, they're in the Aaron Rodgers conversation, so why wouldn't they be in the Deshaun Watson conversation? Understood. Um, they don't have the draft capital and some of the things to offer that the Eagles have. So I'd break remember there. Remember, there are future first round picks as well, though. People kind of get focused on the immediacy. Yes, immediacy. Eagles have likely, if Carson Wentz holds his way, three first round picks. But you can offer first round picks in twenty twenty. Uh, three, 2024, 2025. Right. The, you know, the Redskins don't have a cachet of 1st round draft picks that I don't know. Hey, about what if tonight. I throw Chase Young in there? Do you think they put Chase Young in, Young in a deal to get the show? I'm Watson? saying when there is a player of this perspective, you don't know what people do. They're so quarterback desperate. Okay. Uh, I, I would doubt that. Uh, Giants. Uh, oh, they, yeah. They're still very much in love with. Uh, Daniel Jones, which I don't understand for a little bit. Yeah, but, I don't uh, think they're in love. FU player, Jody. 
I'm getting the FU player in okay. there. Okay, uh, Giants, uh, probably. Both of the teams in the division. Cowboys are going to move away from Dak Prescott? You got to take yeah. that me- mega cap hit plus you got to pay Deshaun Watson. Is that even feasible? Not feasible. No, not feasible now. But I, uh, things move so quickly in the NFL. We were talking about that with Jeff Kerr yesterday. Things move okay. quickly. What if what if Dak Prescott isn't healthy? That's years down the line now. They got to make it. They got to. We're, we're, yeah, we're talking about right here, right now, something that's going to happen in the next three, four, five months. Uh, Dak is going to take it, them out of the conversation. Uh, the Packers, are they going to give Jordan Love a chance or would they move right from Aaron Rodgers to Deshaun Watson? I would move right. From Aaron but are the Packers? Uh, the, well, I it, there's too many moving parts. So right, I would say that's no. out. They would have uh, to move Aaron Rodgers. They're not going to move Aaron Rodgers. So. Bears. No. No, Justin Fields is their guy. Your guy, Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. Uh, yeah, Vikings would do it in a second, but they don't have the wherewithal to do it. Understood. Uh, Lions, absolutely. They are. They they would be a player, but they don't have the draft capital Eagles have. Saints? Uh, yes. Hell yes. Yeah, I would agree there. Uh, Buccaneers, what do you do? If you're the Buccaneers, what do you no, do? No, you don't. You don't. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. Yeah. Uh, Falcons definitely because they could have gone quarterback. They didn't. They got an aging Matt Ryan. Yeah. Short short term though. They same. They don't like a lot of teams don't have the wherewithal to do it immediately. As we right. talk about next year, it opens up things a little bit more. Seattle Russell Wilson. No. Uh, Rams Matthew Stafford. No. I would if I were. Get, yeah, but get they that, can't. Get it's that good matter. genius involved there. Uh, I think I'd give him a uh, bigger talent Yo, than these are, if these, I could. Yeah, but these are different conversations. If you were asking me who's a better quarterback, yes. I would say to Sean, I'm right. saying they don't have the wherewithal they to do it do right it. now. Uh, Arizona with Murray? No. San Francisco with Trey Lance? No. <laughs> Which is sad. They, yeah, but Bills, no. Bills with uh, no. that Allen kid who can win an MVP. No, Dolphins and Tua. We've heard yes. the link before. Uh, Dolphins, the Dolphins, Dolphins will be the biggest uh, combative combatant for the Eagles, and they might have gave the Eagles the advantage with the first round pick. How about the Pats with Mac Jones? Yeah, I would do it in a second. Not, not. I'm not asking would you do it. I'm asking no. would Bill would No, he would not. And the Jets are going to give Wilson a chance. Uh, the Steelers could be a key competitor for him. Steelers, That's the yeah. team I think you have to keep an eye out for. Yeah. Um, Ravens are going to stick with Lamar. Cleveland's going to stick with Cleveland's going to stick with Baker, aren't they? I don't know. They haven't. They haven't committed. So what does that they tell you? They haven't signed a contract yet. Very good point yeah. by you. Uh, Cincinnati's going to stay with Joe Burrow, even though we question how bad that injury was. Uh, I don't think they're moving off him. Yeah, well, here's a one for you. How about Tennessee? You know, I'm a lesser fan of the quarterback than you are. I think it, I think they would consider it, but I don't think they could get it done anyway. So, yeah, you know. contracts may be an issue with that. All right. Uh, anyway, we're off on a tangent. I see that uh, Jack McCaffrey. May or may not be ready to join us coming up next. You're going to have to stay tuned and find out. It's a third Mac added to the Mac and Mac and Mac attack here on Birds 365. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. 
The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods, your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. We are the Mac and Mac guys. It's a triple Mac attack coming your way. Yeah. Donald, John McMullen. And look who we got with us. Jack McCaffrey from the Delco Times has been covering the birds for many a year. J-Mac, how you been? Jody, John, how are you guys doing? Doing well, Jack. I, by the way, I can't believe it I, It took me this long to reach out to you to come on our shows. So I apologize that for number one. Jack's maybe, certainly one of the best columnists in the Delaware Valley. Maybe number one. He's tremendous. So everyone... I uh, should check them out there. But uh, I do want to get your thoughts because we haven't been close to each other over this past year, the pandemic and all. So, you know, your your first thoughts on Nick Sirianni. I, you know, you're one of those guys I look to. Underwhelming. Uh, not really 
qualified, not really overqualified for the job. Obviously, he hasn't played a game yet, so we don't have a, any kind of data to go on. But uh, initial reaction, it, it doesn't excite me. It's not an upgrade from what they had. And uh, I'll give the guy a chance like everybody else. But to answer your question, uh, unexciting, I would say. So here's far. here's where uh, I want to draw a comparison. Certainly, you're going to compare Nick Sirianni to the guy who went right out the door. You said not an upgrade in your mind from what Doug Peterson was. And I'm with you in the extent that I said at the end of the year, either Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman stay or Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman go. You go 4-11-1, there's a chance you're going to get out of broom and sweep out the organization. The fact that one left and one stayed, I had a big issue with. Uh, but besides that point, I want to compare Nick Sirianni to Doug Peterson, but not the guy who was fired, the guy who was hired previously. When he got the job, a lot of people had the same feeling about Doug, that we're hiring him just because he's one of Andy's Bobos, and Eagles don't have nerve enough to step outside their comfort zone. And Doug was maybe better than Nick Sirianni in his opening press conference, but he didn't wow anybody like, ooh, I want to go out and play for Doug Peterson. Let me run into a wall. Compare those two guys for us. The day Doug Peterson was hired to be the coach of the Eagles and the day Nick Sirianni was hired to be the coach of the Eagles. Very similar. Obviously, one was we were able to see him in person. The other one we were able to only see him on a Zoom call. So it made it a little bit different. The other difference would be Doug Peterson played in the league. So that gave him at least a little bit of something. You could say, okay, well, he was a player and he was a coach. This uh, Sirianni is a, just, just a, a really an, a, an offensive coordinator to a head coach who was an offensive guy. Kind of uh, you, you wonder exactly what he will bring to the table. Uh, it was, then he had his, his initial press conference. It was very underwhelming. He was terrified to discuss the quarterback situation was the most basic thing you could <laughs> even bring up. And uh, it makes you say to yourself, well, this guy's going to have a hard time in this city. And, and, and that's the way I look at it. And that's the way I'm going to continue to look at it. Where there were, nobody else was trying to, to uh, recruit the guy, although Joey, you're right. Nobody else was trying to sign Doug Peterson either, <laughs> but uh, it, it's, it's, it's a mystery hire and it'll be judged on his record. And it was the same as Doug Peterson. It was a mystery hire. Boy, he won a Super Bowl, so we judged him on his record. That's why we say at this point it's, a, it's not an upgrade from what what you had. Uh, I went down. I was very down on Doug Peterson after that last game when he didn't try to win. Uh, I, I really believe that he lost a, a, much of the locker room at that point, and at that point it was enough. But uh, a change had to be made. I don't know that you had to go to, to Nick Sirianni. It'll be up to Nick Sirianni to prove. Now, Jack, you mentioned he was terrified to talk about the quarterback position, and you're right, but I think part of that was because he was like the rest of us. He, did, he had no idea. He wasn't yeah. told about the quarterback position. He hadn't made, they hadn't yeah. made, they made the decision, but my, my larger point is about Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman. Those are the guys running the show, and, and this affected Doug Peterson as well. One of one of the most unfair things I saw during the whole Doug Peterson era was the White House kerfuffle. When poor Doug Peterson, who had nothing to do with it, making the decision, had to go up there and take every question because Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie, only talked to us on rare occasions. So from that standpoint, Nick got a good idea of what it's 
like to be head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles because <laughs> you're going to have to answer questions. You have no idea what the answers <laughs> to those questions are. Is That's that a fair? Great that, that, that is a great point. And it was funny because you talked about that particular situation with Doug Peterson. I always go back to other situations. I think it was his first draft or his second draft. They barely let him get a word in edgewise. Do you remember that one, John? Oh, yeah. He stood off, his, he well, stood off to the side. Him the they, pipe was playing. Yeah, Samsky called him <laughs> the pipe was playing. I still laugh you know, at Douglas was up there. I forget who else was up. might have been Howie and somebody else. And it, <laughs> Doug Peterson had nothing to say. It's – it's a great point. It's 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 a funny way that they they handle their their public uh, image of their head coaches and uh, it, it, maybe Sirianni. I mean, Sirianni seems like a, an optimistic sort of guy. Maybe maybe it'll work out for him. Affable would be a word I would use Affable, to describe yeah. the coach. Yeah. Uh, all right, let me uh, get a positional question out there for you, yeah. Jack. Uh, we've talked plenty about Miles Sanders since we started this Bird 65 show a couple of months ago. And the seasons that he's had as the Eagles running back, where do they go from here? Do they give him the ball more? Do they give him the ball less? Should they put more assets into the backfield? Do they need to do less because they need to expand Miles' role more? Uh, opinions vary on him from he can be a top five back in this league to yeah, you got to have another back because you don't want Miles. Uh, you want to be asking Miles Sanders to do too much. He took a step backwards in a couple areas of his game last year. Actually, running the football, not one of them, because his average yards per carry was up, and one of the better ones in the league. Where do you think the Eagles should be with Miles Sanders this year? If Nick Sirianni is going to use Miles Sanders as perfectly as possible. How much would you think he's going to be used this year? Not not a lot from from what I could tell. It, it doesn't seem to be a, a run oriented guy. Uh, I look at Miles Sanders as a guy that that every football team has a guy like that. Everybody's guy. He's, he's pretty good. Not great. Not going to carry you anywhere. Certainly not in the lineage of you know Wilbur Montgomery, Westbrook, Sean McCoy, Ricky Waters, all the great running backs. He's not in that level. Uh, he's, he's talking about a guy who was a backup in college. He's got a lot of talent. Uh, he can help you win some games, not a championship level back, in my opinion. So, Jack, when you look at this team as a whole, um, there's some obvious deficiencies, more obvious deficiencies. But what would you look at and say, okay, they're pretty good here. They're, they're okay here. Uh, this is something they can build on. Uh, or is it just too many question marks with this team? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll play along because I think there's there's so many question marks that it's going to be a very bad football team. But you, you, can, you can make a case for they'll be able to get to a quarterback. Yeah, you, you're going to hope that uh, Fletcher Cox has a better year than he had. But but they can get to a quarterback, and Ryan Kerrigan could help. So their, their defensive line and, and could be a cut above maybe. Uh, and I'm, I'm just trying to play along with your question, but they're not really strong anywhere. It's, you're, you're talking about a four and eleven team that, uh, or they four and twelve, whatever they were last year, four and eleven. That, that's not going to. It's it's not going to be any better. But defensive line, I'll give you the answer as somewhere that maybe you look to say it's got a chance. Well, in the trenches, and the Eagles have always uh, built around being good yeah. in the trenches. Uh, yeah, if both. Uh, Brooks and uh, Lane Johnson could stay on the field. I think the offensive line is actually their strongest position. And that plays into the quarterback uh, question about Jalen Hurts. 
he's the man this year, although the coach won't officially say he's the man because competition is as key as it is. Uh, we all believe he's going to be their opening day quarterback, and if he stays healthy, their quarterback all year long. But that it is a major one-year test. That if he doesn't pass it with flying colors, the Eagles are going to go in another direction. I, I, I don't know how to define it. Give me your best guess definition. How does flying colors play? What does he have to do? What does he have to achieve? Is it something that you can point to in an analytic or does it have to be more of a feel thing? What does Jalen Hurts have to do to continue to be the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback in 2022? Well, that, that's, a, that's a really good question. And, and, and I'd love to think about that. You'd ha- I would want to see continued progress throughout the course of the season better at the end than he was at the beginning. You're talking about a guy that's had three NFL starts or playing a minimum amount of NFL games. So give him a chance. You want to see steady progress. You want to see leadership. You want to see uh, fewer turnovers than what Carson Wentz was giving you. Uh, You want to see uh, the players respecting him. You want to see uh, maybe two, let's say, come from behind victories that he makes a, a big splash and says, you know, a highlight film kind of game. You get you know one of each. You get you get a, a couple of highlight films, games. Maybe you win more games than you thought you were going to win, and you see continued progress from the guy. Then that would that would be what would be satisfactory to keep him uh, as the quarterback going forward. Progress. All right. To follow up on that, Jack, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this to you. I'm giving you all that. You got all of what you just said from Jalen Hurts. But the legal allegations around Deshaun Watson clear up and he becomes available. Does any of it matter at that point? In other words, can Jalen Hurts do anything to to lock down being the future of this team if the Eagles believe they can get in the Deshaun Watson conversation? It's all about for next year? Yeah, next year. year. Yeah, Yeah, next year coming up. Well, yeah, obviously it was was a big if the way you said it. If the legal issues – uh, clear, and so that's there's 22 of them. That's that's quite a number. So if they all clear, and he knows, I wasn't there. None of us were there. We don't know what happened. If they all clear, then then the Eagles will have certainly have the the draft capital to make a move in that direction. And you're talking about one of the top uh, quarterbacks going forward for maybe the next 10 years. So that would be the way they would go. But uh, you really can't touch them the way the situation is right now, and who knows how that's going to turn out. It's uh, that—that's a long way down the road, in my opinion. Jack Mack, I need your take on the Zach Ertz situation. We know that uh, he's not happy with the Eagles. That most of us believe there is an imminent divorce. The only question is, how does that divorce come about? Uh, some people have said that the Eagles, in part, owe it to Zach Ertz to let him get a fresh start somewhere else, that he's been a good soldier and caught the Super Bowl winning touchdown, played through pain and injury and the like, and how can the Eagles stretch this out and make it more difficult for Zach just to get that day three draft pick? Give me your take on how it is going to play out, how it should play out. Are the Eagles obligated? You'd think that Zach Ertz is obligated to kind of show up if his contract says he's supposed to be with the Eagles this year. Um, how does the whole they owe each other thing work in the mind of Jack McCaffrey going forward? I kind of, I kind of like the way you said it first. They, they, they owe him a little bit. 
there for what he's done. He, he wants to go. They know he wants to go. Uh, they can owe it to themselves. They could, they could, they've already committed to Goddard. They brought, they brought Rogers back. That's the direction they're going. He's not in their plans. Uh, once the owner said that this is a transition year, that this is a year that it's, it's one of the reasons why they replaced Peterson is that they were ready to prepare for the future. Uh, sometimes you just have to do the right thing and let the guy go. We, we know that we knew what was going to happen when he did that little nostalgia tour after the last uh, regular season game, went out on the field and you could see him looking, trying to, to take a, a walk down memory lane. And he knew that was his last game in the link. And uh, it, it's time to let him go. He's uh He's not going to be there when you turn this around. It's going to take two or three years to turn this around. He won't be there then. So it would be the proper thing to do to answer your question, Jody. Jack, I want to take it back to the owner and Jeffrey Lurie, because I'd like to ask guys who've been around for a while. So you've been uh, through a lot of regimes, and you've seen yeah. Jeffrey Lurie through all of them. Has there been a drastic change in your opinion of, of, of how much he's involved or is it just that guys like Andy Reid uh, were better politicians, so to speak, and could steer him in a better direction than, say, a Doug Peterson, who, to be honest, at the end, it seems like he got run over uh, by, by, by Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman. And people are concerned the same thing is going to happen to Nick Sirianni. What have you seen from Jeffrey over the years? More meddling, less meddling, or has he always been this way? Always been this way, maybe a little bit more, maybe emboldened by the Super Bowl championship. I absolutely will run over Sirianni. That, that's, <laughs> that's why that's why he brought in a, a guy like that. Uh, you know, you don't you bring in somebody as a strong personality for Urban Meyer, for instance. You brought in an entry level coach that, that you're going to be able to control. So he's. Uh, I remember. Many years ago, maybe it's my mind's eye, but I remember him being at at at, at uh, the scouting combines and the, the play, wearing a, a press pass and all oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's he's always been kind of involved. He's always fancied himself as a as a draft nick or as a you know, draft expert. Or it's it's his team. He's always we always see him um, photographed in the in the draft room on the nights of the draft. He's always there. Uh, maybe a little bit more emboldened later on in his career. But uh, yeah, it's it, that's the way he is. It's 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 uh, and, and and I'm not. Listen, I think the guy's done a pretty good job. Really, he's, he's won a Super Bowl. He's gotten to a second Super Bowl. He's gotten to, to uh, several Final Fours. He's he's uh, to to just to just batter Jeffrey Lurie to say oh, he does this, he does that. I look at his record. His his record to me is above satisfactory. Oh, yeah. What they produced it as a, under his ownership, uh, pretty charitable in the community, things like that. I mean, so I give I give him much more than a passing grade. Does he does he meddle too much in football? He, that may be a matter of opinion because certainly his record shows that whatever they're doing, pretty much works. Last year was an exception to the rule. Uh, you're giving us a good widescreen view of Jeff Lurie's uh, time as the owner of the Eagles. I want to bring it back narrow focus to 2021. Uh, we had Joe Santa Liquido on before we had you on today, Jack. Uh, he basically came out and said, oh, if the over-under for the Eagles is six and a half, count me in on the under. 
Uh, we had Bob Groats on a couple of weeks ago, and he said, you realize the Eagles could be 0-9 at the start of the season. <laughs> I think we've, had some, we've had some negativity here today, and some of that coming from you. Uh, which is, I guess, hey, uh, we, add, we bring you on to give you your opinion, and we thanks when you do that. I guess I'm looking at this one through eagle-colored glasses. I look at the standings from last year, and there were exactly zero teams in the NFC East with a winning record. The Washington football team won it at 7-9. and nine. I don't know that anyone in this division made leaps and bounds to get better. Dak Prescott getting healthy is certainly going to help the Cowboys. Uh, we're never going to forget that Danucci character who actually helped the Eagles win one of the four games they won last year. But is that what we're all hanging our hat on? Yeah, we're not good, but neither is the division. So maybe we hang in there because everybody sucks in the NFC East. I always believe that. I always believe that you just have to eat. Uh, if you don't mind me mixing sports here, same with the Phillies right now. They're they're only a 500 team, but you know what? The division's not strong, so you you play the you play the hand that's dealt to you. But I'll get off of that. We're talking Eagles. Uh, is it six and a half, Jody? Is that what it is? The over under? Yeah, six and a half. You know, that's a little bit of a sucker bet, if you ask me. That that tells me you might want to go over. That tells me you might want to go over. I'm not real high on this team, but certainly that's that number seems awful high. That six and a half seems awful high. That would that would that would tell me that the under is on sale, if you will. So that I would I would lean towards the over. Obviously, there's an extra game this year. There's a uh, an extra home mm -hmm. game this year, and it's not a great division. So I'll, I'll take over. I'll go seven. All right, I went eight, Jack. So I'm with you. Uh, I think they're they're going to be a little bit better than people think. I don't think they're going to be a significant contender. My thought process is they can't be as bad as most people think they're going to be. Uh, but we'll see how that shakes out. I, I, I do want to uh, talk about Howie Roseman and how he builds this team because it seems like we go through this every year, Jack. They had a championship window, and I, I applaud them for trying to turn one into two. I think it's the right thing to do. And then you have that balancing point. And this is one of the most difficult parts of professional sport, any professional sport. You have to be honest about yourself and say, look, it's time. It's time to turn this over. And the Eagles seem to say that every year after the, after the end of the season, uh, the past few years when they lost to Seattle in the playoffs, certainly this year after the disaster, he'd probably go back three years. And they say, we have to get younger. We have to get more cost efficient. And then they get into the, the, the meat of the offseason, and they start to think that way that Jody was just saying. Well, maybe we have a little bit more than people think. It's a bad division. Maybe we can make a run at the playoffs. Do you think they have to be more disciplined and just say, no, this is a transition? We should go in that direction. Don't get caught up into that. Maybe we can do this. And you're talking about adding players between now and the time the season starts. Yeah, well, Ryan Kerrigan, veteran right. players. They've talked about they they talked about getting Julio Jones. We talk, you know, they're talking about Stephen Nelson. All these players that they seemingly go in the same cycle. For, for, for the time being, I'll go with what Jeffrey Lurie said and called it a transition year. And every every indication, with the exception of maybe the Kerrigan move, which is you, know, you have to have football players on your team. Yeah. Uh, way higher the coach, the way they, they, you know, 
it, it just looks like they're prepared to make this a transition year. So and when we talked about the division being weak, we talked about, I mean, what I was referring to is that it's so weak that maybe you can win it with what you have. You don't have to like chase it, you know, at the trade deadline and go out and get somebody buyers instead of sellers and all that. We're talking about whether we're optimistic here in the middle of July, the division is weak enough. You, you want to generate some optimism, but now the, the owners generally give you the straight talk. And if, if he said it's a transition year and he fired, the, the reason he fired Peterson was because Peterson didn't see it that way. And went out and really hired a, a you know entry level coach, is trusting a quarterback with three games of experience. They're ready to make this a transition year, and, and I don't see them going any other way but that. All right, Jack, I'm going to take you in advance a couple of months and get your uh, barometer on how you're going to be spending your time, uh, specifically on a Sunday. Eagles are playing a 1 o'clock game. You're down in your spot in the press box at uh, Lincoln Financial Field. You're certainly watching the game. How often are you checking NFL Jesus on your computer to see the numbers that Carson Wentz is putting up for the Colts? Well, the Colts, by the way, have a... Uh, probably a lot of one o'clock games too. Uh, if it's a one o'clock, four o'clock, then yes, you're going to be doing things and you're going to be uh, noting everything else that's going on in the National Football League. But while the Eagles are actually playing, how often will you be peeking at what Carson Wentz is doing for the Indianapolis Colts? A lot less than you would think. It says I would have to have a lot more energy to care that much about Carson. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, well, I've been through a lot of players that have come and gone in every sport in this city. And uh, it's enough, Jody and John, for me to focus on that game that's in front of me yeah. right there. But uh, it's uh, certainly after the game, I'd like to know how he does. And uh, I don't have really high hopes for him, really. I, it's a, he, he's a shot quarterback. Now, last one from me, Jack, and thanks yeah. for, for joining the program. But, but we do talk about other sports, so always feel free. I want to compare Carson Wentz to Ben Simmons, who ultimately – is going to be moved by the Sixers. And what Jody kind of said, you know, if Carson Wentz does well with Frank Reich in Indianapolis, that doesn't necessarily mean he could have turned it around in this situation. Kind of what I feel with Ben Simmons. People are saying, what if he turns into a star wherever? Who cares? He wasn't turning into a star here. Is that kind of your view of the process when you see something broken, maybe people just have shelf life in, in, in certain situations. Bingo. It's exactly right, John. It's, 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 it's not going to work for Ben Simmons here. In my opinion, it's not going to work for him anywhere, but that'll be up to him. Wentz, in my opinion, it's not going to work for him, but he's got a chance. He, at, least, at least Simmons, or at least Wentz has had some achievement in his career. Simmons is, uh, he's really flattened and uh, he's exactly what you thought he was going to be. He won't shoot it. He's a, he's a, he's a bad teammate and it, it's uh, it's time for him to go. But uh, Wentz, he, kinda, I, he had that great year when they went to the Super Bowl. So it's, it's in there. It's in there somewhere. Uh, I don't wish him ill. So I'll watch him, see what he does. But I agree 100% with you. Once you separate from the guy, cares what he does somewhere else especially in the case of Wentz when they sent him out of the conference anyway uh, you're not really you're not going to be challenged by him too often you know, let him go and, and, and I'm not going to worry about it all right one last Wentz question yeah. since we went there I didn't know we we're going to get as expansive as we have but that works for me um 
if he's not the, the quarterback that he once was, certainly not the level of 2017, something happened, something went the wrong direction with Carson Wentz, and no full well, it's probably a combination of things. But let me narrow it down to two. Tell me which one do you think is more so the reason. Carson Wentz kind of proved to me wasn't mentally tough enough. That when everything's going great, and it was in 2017, that Carson Wentz can ride the wave and be great. And he was. When things, when, uh, you know, the old saying, uh, when the going gets tough, the tough get going, Carson gets out of the way. Uh, and that was part of his problem here. But he also had the big injury, the leg injury. It did change the way he played his game. Which one do you think was a bigger contributor to him going backwards? Mental toughness, physical injury. The mental toughness, he, he, he didn't have it. He didn't have it. And you compound the, the physical injury with it, and that's why I say he's a shot quarterback. He, he's got nothing left. He was turning the ball over every quarter. It was, it was impossible to watch at the end. They wanted so much for him to be a superstar. They marketed him as a superstar. They put his flag on the side of the stadium. Uh, you can't force superstardom on people. And then the, the, come – take this conversation full circle. That was the Ben Simmons situation. We were told even as recently as this time last year by Daryl Morey, that he's a superstar. I wrote in the daily times, he's not a superstar. You're not a superstar. If you don't score, you don't do the things that superstars do. The same with Carson Wentz. He had three quarters of one good year. He's, he was chronically injured in college. He's been chronically injured in the pros and Jody, I think you nailed it when you just said he, when the going got tough, he just wasn't the mentally tough quarterback you need in those situations. So it's uh, good for Carson Wentz to get a new start in Indianapolis. Best of luck to him. I'm, you know, don't really feel like bashing him any further, but it's uh, he needed a new start. And so did the Eagles. He writes eloquently daily in the Daily Times, and he uh, gave us some very good insight here today. Jack Mack, a pleasure, my friend. You know you will be coming back here on Birds 365. Thanks for doing it for us today. Uh, my pleasure, guys. Thank you. Jack McCaffrey, a long time. Eagles uh, correspondent for the Delco Times, <laughs> Daily Times. Call it what you want. You know where to find Jack Mack, and you'll find him with us uh, every uh, once in a while. Yes, shame on both John and myself for not getting Jack on earlier here on Birds 365. We will rectify that going forward. Uh, speaking of going forward, we only got a couple of minutes left. So come back as we put a bow on the show here on Birds 365. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. 
catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Coming back to put a bow in the show here on Bird Street 65. The Mac and Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald. Uh, and our other Mac friend, uh, Jack McCaffrey, who's, I just love Jack. Uh, and I've had Jack as a guest on my radio shows for years. Uh, just the fact that he goes, Carson Wentz, shot quarterback, but I'm not going to bend over backwards to the way, figure out what, he, what he's going to do. Jody, I'm happy I'm not the negative one today. Jack Mac bringing it Joe Santa Liquido bringing that's it. That's true. You were you were Mr. Sunshine and Roses yeah. compared to our two guests today. Yeah. But that's what I love about Jack. He he gives a good, strong take, but then is like dismissive of it. But I'm not gonna pay attention because he's not here anymore. Yeah. And the Eagles are the most important thing. And I agree with his sentiment. Do you think Birds fans will be like that? No. Because no. Carson Wentz became a lightning rod guy. You compared him to Ben Simmons, who, oh, by the way, is a lightning rod guy. Yeah. There are some guys that just push the buttons and draw the attention of the Philadelphia sports yeah. fan. And Carson Wentz is certainly one of those guys. Oh, I think I'm going to be getting tweets throughout uh, Carson Wentz's games this <laughs> year on days that he's uh, 22 of 29 for 300 yards and four touchdowns. I'm going to be getting, I told you so, Carson Wentz, why do we ever get rid of him? And on days where he has four turnovers, I'm going to go, good riddance to bad rubbish. Best thing we ever did was move on from Carson Wentz. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that the majority of the fan base here in Philadelphia is going to be able to move on as easily as Jack Mack says he's going to. No, they aren't. I agree with you. But they should take Jack's advice. And that's why I brought it up. That's why I kind of framed it like that. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter what they do in other places. It wasn't going to work here. It wasn't. So the sooner you get to that point as a fan, 
what 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 you know the five five stages of grief as a fan, you know, the sooner the sooner you get to acceptance, the better off you are. It, it doesn't matter what Carson Wentz does in Indianapolis unless you're playing him in the Super Bowl, which isn't going to happen for the Eagles. Maybe more so for the Colts. At least they have an outside chance. People would think as a as a potential playoff team. Um, Ben Simmons, when he is traded, wherever he's traded, it wasn't going to work here. So why wring your hands over it? But you're right. They will. They should take Jack's advice, though. Just forget about it. Move on. The shelf life was over. The milk was spoiled. Let me get your take on this. Um, I, I agree with your general sentiment. But there is one situation this year where I disagree with it. And I'll tell you why I'm bringing it up, because I discussed it both of the last two nights on the air, not here on Birds 365, but I've done a couple of shows in New York the last couple of nights. What Sam Darnold does this year will give the Jets fans some insight as to what could have been, because the Jets were going to change. They were firing the coach. They were bringing in a new coach. If they had stuck with Darnold, you could do at least some assuming that Things would have been better. Joe Douglas made changes with the Jets during the offseason. Uh, you're right. What Carson does in Indiana, reuniting with Frank Reich, wasn't happening here. What Ben Simmons does somewhere else, Joel Embiid, Doc Rivers, still going to be here. It doesn't matter what he would have done here. But I think Sam Darnold, you can watch what Sam Darnold does with a, another good young coach, a really highly thought of offensive coordinator who made Joe Burrow the number one pick in the uh, draft. I think you can get a read on what could have been with a guy like Darnold by watching what he did this year. Different well, than I, the yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think one of the things, that's why Carolina made the deal. They've convinced themselves it was Adam Gase. This kid still has a lot of potential. And by the way, I want to see that. I think that's one of the more interesting storylines in the NFL this season because I agree with that. I think it was more Adam Gase than Sam Darnold. We'll get a chance to see that. Maybe I'm wrong, uh, but I think there's some openness to it. I don't think there's any openness to Carson Wentz in Philadelphia or Ben Simmons in Philadelphia. I think in their cases, yeah, the shelf life just expired. And it doesn't matter what they do somewhere else. It's not to say they can't turn it around because maybe they can, uh, but they weren't going to do it here. So there's no use hand-wringing about it. That's where I think – the 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 you know if you want to follow Jack Max sort of advice, I think you should because it, it, you'll 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 save yourself some hand wringing, so to speak. And oh, by the way, uh, John and I don't really get a say in what uh, we put up here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel after the fact. Our producer Xander does a tremendous job of cutting out clips and putting the stuff up there for you to watch. He doesn't consult us. He just picks out what he thinks is best. And oh, by the way, he does a great job with it. Uh, first time ever, I'd make a suggestion. I'd get that clip of Jack McCaffrey saying, and Carson Wentz is a shot quarterback <laughs> as as part of the highlights for today. There's every, every once in a while. Just like we were saying before the show when Mike Garofalo said, how quickly would Howie Roseman uh, go after Deshaun Watson? Uh, that was a great clip. Once you, you hear a great clip and you say, yeah. 
remember that one. Remember my, that one, Xander. My guess is that that will be part of the uh, clips uh, for today's uh, Birds 365 on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Uh, we got, oh, uh, this is a foregone conclusion. Oh, my God, what an upgrade um, over the guests we had. Not quality football information, but just looks. Uh, Kimmy Jones of the NFL Network is going to join us tomorrow. We've had some ugliness to this show. Not the conversation, just the individuals <laughs> who are on the show. Uh, we will upgrade tomorrow. Kim Jones of the NFL Network is going to jump aboard with us. Uh, J-Mac, I will see you back here in 22 hours. Does that work for you? Works for me, Jody. Done deal. Back here tomorrow to uh, wrap up a week on Birds 365. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.